0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, we proudly bring to you at a studio 212 in the heart of Seattle, Washington, this is Physical Culture Radio. I'm your dopest host with the most, Greg Jones, at Coach Greg Jones, Instagram and Facebook, along with my super dope host, lead mountain doc diet trainer, Chris Edmonds. Chris, how you doing today?
1: Doing great, man. I'm ready to attack this episode.
0: Awesome, man. So I got to tell you, I'm transitioning this week um, and I've already, tell everybody, um, I've already talked to Chris about it. We're transitioning this week from the off season and kind of my post-surgery recovery. I, oh gosh, what was it? Four or five months ago, we decided to not, I couldn't do photo check-ins anymore because I was real frustrated and coming off shoulder surgery and I couldn't nail my training. I was just in rehab mode and it just got kind of frustrating making any progress. So we decided to fall back, let me uh, do my rehab, get my shoulder back in shape. Recently, I felt like seven months has been the kind of golden time for me to resume my training and I've started to go a little bit heavier pain-free, pain-free in the tricep, pain-free in the, uh, shoulder, um, and lower back feeling better. So we're going to transition this week, um, into doing, uh, weekly or at least every two weeks photos and check-ins and, and diet check-in and then physique check-ins, um, to make sure that when we start, uh, my prep in late May for, uh, late August shows, um, that you know i'm completely on point now what do you have to say about the whole check-in process do you have any examples of off-season into a prep how you work the nutrition how you work the uh photos and check-ins with with clients chris
1: yeah for sure um let me start with you and then i'll transition to one of my most recent guys okay um you know you and I chatted this week, and just based upon all the stuff we normally talk about on a week-to-week basis, I feel like you're approaching normal, meaning you're able to have zero limitations in terms of training hard. Uh, you're having no setbacks with the joint itself. Now, will we always have to train around things? A hundred percent. You're not going to be able to squat heavy and deadlift in the same week. We're just not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. So when I say you're back to normal, what I mean is you're able to hammer your gym time with no repercussions intelligently. And then it's time to start in my mind, tracking everything that goes into your mouth. Right. So, you know, a lot of guys get lazy in the off season and they just start eyeballing food and, you know, they don't really check their scale weight at the same time and the same day. They don't take pic- pictures in the same lighting and you really lose sight of progress or lack thereof. So if you don't measure your food, uh, it's impossible to know whether you need more, or you need less. So, right to me like i said to you this week you said you know where do you think we go from here and i said it's time to resume check-ins and you know you said okay cool i'll shoot you photos on saturday along with weight and what i'm eating and then we'll formulate a game plan based upon those photos for the next 3 months of a all- of a structured all season right. so that is going to lead us into a successful contest prep right so what i mean by that is Over the course of the next three months, I'm going to build your calories as high as we can while staying in relatively good condition. Um, You're able to stay leaner than most people. Um, So when I say lean for you, your glutes will still be squared off. Uh, When you hit a side chest, you'll still see a striation in your ass. Um, You're not going to lose vascularity through your appendages. So... We'll keep you in a, in a good spot to be able to add some new tissue or to just fill the muscle back out to what you used to have pre-injury. Right. Um, and then that way, when we start a contest prep, your food will be higher. You'll be doing no no cardio and we're able to get you into the best shape of your life on hopefully more food than we were able to eat last time right. since you don't have to make a weight or a slave to a weight class in terms of um, in terms of cla- when you did classics. So right a great example of one of my guys who I posted a Instagram photo of not too literally this morning doing a front double. His name is Roger. He, um, he worked with me all last contest season. We did four shows together. Um, it's pretty cool. The, the, the country he's from all the cool thing about, they, they really have a lot of camaraderie. So like the IFBB pro league is what he competes in. And it's, that's what they call the amateur portion, uh, in his country. So, he will. He's. Essentially, we're doing. We're. I pray to God we're going to turn IFBB pro and he can start competing in the two twelves Is what our goal is um, for this coming year. But essentially, they do like athletes meetings. So he knows all the guys in his weight class. Um, he got to see them. He was actually rewarded athlete of the year last year because we had such a good season. Uh, and I say season because those dudes compete. In four to six shows a year, wow! Um, and they're all ranked, and that's what's really cool. It's almost like college football. So w- I watched him move up the rankings of his country um, as he went along. So it's really badass. Um, I'm actually kind of jealous of it, if I can be honest with you. They really have a cool system set up there. Um, it's a handful of great bodybuilders. Like there's like 15 of them in his weight class. Yeah. Who just what is bat- What is, it, what is his year. weight class?
0: By the way, is he heavy? Light heavy?
1: Um, it's Mental. the equivalent of light heavy. Okay. It's the equivalent of light heavy. They do like 10 kilo, uh, weight divisions. So he competes in the 84 to 94, uh, kilo, uh, weight okay class. So okay. that's light heavy. So, um, you know, he's on the shorter side. So we just recently, this year, we decided to move up a weight class, which is really cool. Um, and that's because he needed more legs. He needed more arms and he needed some more chest thickness. And he was scared because last year we spent so much effort and energy sucking him down into the below 80, 84 kilo uh, weight class that it, in my opinion, it, helped, it made him lose pop and flow to his physique. He, he's got a great X-frame. Um, currently, he's got a small waist. He's got a great back. He comes in crazy condition. And, you know, when we sat down and analyzed his season with me last year, I said, look, man, it's time to move up. And he was terrified. But I said, listen, I promise you, if you hit every one of your meals, you don't miss a check-in, we can move up, and you'll be in the middle of that next weight class. Yeah. And thank God, right now, we're sitting at five weeks and one day out, and he's 10 kilos heavier than he was last year at the exact same time, wow. and in my opinion, better shape. So wow. we've done a great and for, job and of for those of you legs that, out. For those
0: of you that are metrically challenged, that's like 22 pounds. <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's twenty two freaking pounds. pounds. That
0: is huge, mm-hmm. it, because it's mostly yeah. lean tissue, all
1: lean tissue. Yeah.
0: How how old is yeah. this kid?
1: Her man. Um, he is. Uh, he I say is, kid. Uh, late thirties. Late, okay. Uh, late thirties. Yeah. Yeah. Late thirties so is a kid to me. Yeah. Yeah. So you know the great thing about Roderick, and the reason him and I get along so freaking well, is he doesn't question me. Um, we work very well together. Uh, his schedule is really weird because, again, he's overseas, he's international. So I'll typically wake up to his check-ins. I get up about five thirty, six o'clock every morning. I already have photos from him every single morning, his weight, and where we're at. So. Yeah. You know he always he, and then you know he he doesn't sleep much, uh, Greg. He's kind of like you and I when he's yeah. in contest prep. He right. he'll message me up to midnight because he'll be like, "Fuck, it's four a.m. I can't sleep. I'm going to do my cardio." <laughs> <laughs> and in my time, that's roughly twelve. So it's four o'clock his time. It's twelve o'clock my time or midnight. So. He'll message me, and I'll be like, "Dude, you need to sleep." And he's like, "I can't. My brain's racing." So yeah, you know, it gets tough at the, the end. The reason we it gets s- tough at the end. Yeah, and, you know, and and listen, the dude comes in freaking peeled, and I could not be happier with the progress we've made in a little, a little, a little under a year. And um, you know, like I said, if he turns pro, which I know in my heart he can, um, it's going to be a cool moment for us both. Um. I know I always joke him. I'm like, you better not cry on me (laughs) and get emotional. And he always kind of laughs and chuckles. But this is something he's been chasing for five, five years. um, I think he's got the lines. I think,
0: I think he's got the structure. I I think, I think you're going to be, I think you guys are going to achieve your goal this year. Um, And if not this year, then very, uh, then next year for sure, because he has, yeah, yeah, he looks great. And I can't believe how
1: much size he's putting on. You know, he's a front runner and you know, he talks to the commissioner, his the IFBB Pro League there. And, and and listen, he's a favorite, but you know, what comes with being a favorite is expectations, and you know, that's sure. something I always try to manage with him. You know, when we were at the bottom of the pool last year, I think he started out 12th out of 15 and we worked up to second, um, which wow. is insane. Um, so you know, when you're the wolf at the bottom of the hill. There's no pressure. Everyone expects you to fail. Right. You're hungry. You want to achieve it. But when you're the that wolf at the top and there's people chasing and hunting what you're after, like that's a totally different mindset. And yeah. that's something him and I've worked on and talked about is when we started this contest prep at the beginning, he was way heavier than we were last year. And he was worried and he was like, Chris, I'm not gonna be in shape. I'm 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 just not. I'm and what he saw as fat, I knew was new muscle tissue. And yeah it took us it took us 6 weeks of pretty fucking hard dieting to where he got that confidence back and i told him i said you just got to trust me you just got to trust me and you know he was like Are you sure you don't want to start any fat burners? Are you sure you don't want (laughs) to add any fun supplements in? And I'm like, bro, just hold off. You have to trust me. And again, around that 10 week, nine week out mark, he was terrified. And last week was the first week at six weeks out. He said to me, he's like, fuck, I'm way bigger. And I'm leaner than last time. And I said, you looked at your pictures from last year, right? And he's like, I did. And I said, I fucking told you. And like, I'm hoping that when he comes out on stage next year or this year in five weeks, like people's jaws are going to hit the ground and, and it's going to be like, man, what the fuck did Roderick do this year? Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, over the course of, you know, he's got a qualifier at first. Um, that's the first show in five weeks, which we're not going to peak for. Um, and then the next two to potentially three shows, he'll have a shot to turn pro. So
0: yeah, that's what awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So yes, when, when you're in this off season and you're going heavier and uh, your body has aches and pains, um, you're, eating, you're eating lots of food, uh, you're doing check-ins. If you start getting little tweaks and twinges and, you know, we talked about you and taking the 10 days off, how you kind of put, and I was a little bit, when, when I saw how heavy you were going and I I think it was 14 <laughs> plates on leg press each side. You were doing six plates on hack squat, and repping it out. I said to myself, yes. "Chris is he's he's a lot bigger, he's a lot stronger, he's going heavier." And I've ever seen him go. I hope his back. The the thing I was thinking in my mind, I wasn't going to say anything to you was <laughs> was yeah. I hope his back can hold out because this is some heavy <laughs> load he's putting on his body. Now, when when you have this heavy load that you're imparting on your body every week, stretching and mobility and the work that you have to do to be able to continue to train in this manner is, is, is huge. You have to do a certain amount of mobility activation exercises, knowing when to do them, when to put them in your workout, and how long you should do them, um, is, is kind of first and foremost. Uh, what does this look like for you now specifically because you had to take some time off, but just as a philosophy in general,
1: of course. So as a warning, before I get into this, the reason I am where I am, Currently is because I did not do all the things that I'm about to describe to you. <laughs> um, I go through periods of the year and, you know, Greg just described it and listen, I, I, I by no means am, am Ronnie Coleman or Luke Sandow or any of those dudes who you see Ian Valeri, who's just handling massive, massive loads. Um, but for my size, for my structure. And if you look at my joints, um, I'm fairly strong uh, for how much I weigh. And I start feeling like a machine as, a, as we talked in this last, last episode about redlining. Um, and I kind of get lazy. I say kind of, I definitely get lazy with uh, stretching and mobility because I f- start feeling so good and like I, almost superhuman. Yeah. that I let that stuff that's preventative slip under the wayside. Yeah. am like, eh, you know, yeah. I, 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 if I'm being honest with you guys, I stopped doing my stretching. Uh, I stopped doing my mobility stuff for my hips, which helped my lower back. I stopped doing cardio because honestly I was staying just as lean as when I had it in there. So I was like, eh, I'm good. I'm going to apply all the energy I have to my day to that training session. And I'm just gonna try to keep progressively getting stronger and stronger. And you know that's great if I was Terminator, but I'm not. So um, I was just doing a leg press, and it was nothing crazy. It was templates aside, we were doing sets of I think 30 with it. And um, I got up, my back didn't feel right. And yeah. over the course of the next 24 hours, it was it was it was bad news. And I knew I was fucked up. <laughs> so. What that made me do is that made me get back to uh, the basics, and thank God I still go to the chiropractic uh, chiropractor every week, and I get regular massage. That is something I don't be, I'm, I'm not lazy with. That's not something I, it's just part of my schedule, and so let me kind of talk about what I've been doing. Um, so every single day, I will do a multitude of stretches and mobility for my, especially for my hips. And for my TVA, uh, which is transversus abdominis, that's the muscle that kind of acts as a girl to your uh, internal organs. Yep. And, it's a, and it's a bunch of techniques that I've pieced together through myself, through uh, John Rico Quint, uh, who is a soft tissue therapist uh, that I met. Uh, he's out of Columbus, Ohio, and he, uh, he did a full analysis of my body via Skype. And then he wrote me a stretching protocol that I follow, That I'm now back to following, and essentially, it's a lot of hip flexor uh, stretches. It is um, a ninety ninety stretch. It's a pigeon pose. It's hip girdle rotations, and it's about takes me roughly twenty minutes. So, so for those of you that uh, what,
0: so when you when you say ninety ninety, you're down uh, sitting on your butt and your legs with both legs and upper and lower body forcing or forming a 90 degree angle, you then kind of tilt forward and backward to stretch your external rotators and you're growing. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: So a cool thing that he taught me, um, was, so my issue is the connective tissue inside my hip girdle is tight. So how he described it to me is I had cement, as connective tissue. And in order for that hip to function properly, I needed to soften it up to where it's like Play-Doh or Silly Putty. Right. And the only way in his opinion to do that was to get into these poses and hold them for two minutes apiece. It is awful. It is excruciating at first. And what he kind of talks to me about or talked to me about in length was, for example, when I, when, when I was heavy into back squatting, 405 I didn't think twice about right I felt like I owned every single inch of that range of motion and he quickly explained to me by putting me in these poses and making me hold them and I was shaking like a little girl yeah that I did not own own those ranges of motion um I was forcing that hip joint into that depth and I don't post a lot of my videos squatting because I can get really, really low without getting that interior pelvic tilt that most people refer to as butt wink um, because that's how I was taught how to squat. So with load, I can get pretty much my hamstrings sitting on my calves with no pelvic tilt whatsoever. Now what that was doing is that was compressing my spine because my hips weren't as mobile as they needed to be, which eventually led me into the situation that I'm into now where my spine juts hard to the left or sorry, to the, to my right. If you're looking at me, my left. Um, and so that's what he made me do. So I had to get back to doing that. Um, it's a, multitude of holding those postures or poses. Yeah. Uh, if you saw me doing it in the floor, you'd probably assume I was doing yoga. Um, but just simply doing it for the last 14 days, I've noticed marked improvement in, uh, the range of motion I'm able to get. So each day that I do it, each day that I progress with it, I feel better and better and better. So w- what, If we can explain to you guys, you know, if you have low back pain, if you have knees or knee or hip pain, when do we do this? Um, I like to do this post-cardio when I'm really, really warm. Um, I don't like just rolling out of bed and doing it. And if I'm being honest with you guys, when I finish a training session, I don't feel like doing it because I'm exhausted. So I like to do it after my morning cardio. If I'm not going to do a full cardio session, I'll come downstairs and get on the bike or the treadmill and I'll pedal Uh, for five minutes just to kind of get some blood flowing if it's nice outside i'll like take my dog for an aggressive dog walk to get warm and then i'll do the stretching because again it is it it does hurt it is hard um and the same intensity that you take to your training uh with stretching it has to be the same mindset you're stretching and working mobility in order to enable you to lift harder enable to you to lift without injury and be preventative with it so um you know, what you have to think about is it's identifying issues. Um, if you're doing a bench press and your shoulder starts to feel tight, that's a warning sign. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure you could speak in detail about what that feels like. Uh, yeah. But you and have to listen to those little warning signs. Go. It, Go ahead.
0: For me, uh, because I've had both shoulders surgered on, I had one in 2011 from a my left one from a grappling, you know, grappling and lifting weights, but mostly from BJJ. And then my right one was recently um, had a kind of compensation that was um, formed into uh, uh, my supraspinatus fraying away from the bone, which I've you know rehabbed successfully. But if I just do a push day and a pull day, and I do not do my mobility stuff at that preface these workouts, a day or two after after those two days, my shoulder starts to lock up and impinge and hurt if I do all the thread the needle if I do all the external rotation if I do all the shoulder rotations and mobilities and overhead stuff and and bamboo stuff and the different kinds of mobility stuff that you, you know because you with a ball and socket joint it does all kinds of different things you need to make sure your range is always good because what happens is you train you pull bars down or you push them off of you, your body gets tight in this position and then it it starts to lose some of that mobility that it normally should have from lifting the weights and it just gets tight. So for me, if you activate everything to begin with um, and then you work out and then you stretch, it's gonna set your body in in a much better recovery mode Um, and also it's going to set, itself so that when you do train, you don't have compromised mobility going into the workout because you've loosened up the joints. And kind of like what you just explained, Chris, with the turning the cement into Play-Doh, that's essentially what we're doing here in, in, in warming up the joint and and kind of you know getting all that connective tissue to be a little bit more pliable because it is very tight. The problem with connective tissue, guys, is it's very avascular, if you hurt the muscle in the in the middle of a muscle belly, you're talking about something that's very uh, capillary and blood rich. As you get to the origin or the insertion of your muscles, the origin being the closest point to the middle of your body, the insertion being the farthest point uh, from the uh, middle of your body, uh, respectively. Your 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 ligaments and tenements and and li- ligaments connect bone to bone, tendons connect muscle to bone. So, you know, your your triceps are three heads that form into one tendon that, that go down through your elbow and, and, and attach into your forearm and the uh, olecranon process. And um, so what happens is over time, you know, these get beat up uh, through training and uh, it doesn't recover like a muscle belly because it doesn't have the blood flow. It has a very compromised lack of blood flow due to its structure. So I think you have to do the extra things and, and, and kind of baby your joints, so to speak, um, a, as you've been training for years and years, because if you get it a decade to two into training, these things just become a little bit compromised with, with training. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, and that kind of leads us into. I'd love to talk about um, if you have lower back issues and you have shoulder issues. To give you some hard take home. So, what we just talked about was mobility. Um, what I, What next? It leads us into is what activation and turning things on. So, yep. before any um, training day where it's going to involve my lower back, meaning. For me, it's my back workouts and my lower body for my legs. Um, I do a activation, and this comes before I start training. So I get to the gym five minutes early before I want to start. So I like to start training right at 1230. So I get there about 1220, put my Arctic balm on, on my joints. Then I'm going to train. So if it's upper body, I do elbows, shoulders, and then I put some right on the muscle I'm going to train. So if it's back, I'm going to put it on my lats. I'm going to put some of my erectors. I'll go out on the gym floor, typically on work where the turf or stretching area are, and I'm going to do a, a activation warm-up for my lower back. So I want to turn on and get activated, my abs, and I do that by doing a series of crunching and then sucking my stomach in as hard as I humanly can with a neutral spine, almost doing a vacuum, laying on my back. From there, I'll try to elongate my spine, so I'll still lay on my back, I'll stretch my legs all the way out. I'll put my arms over my head and I try to get my hands and my feet as far away as possible. And then I'll suck my stomach in as hard as I can for five seconds. You will feel that pull in your hip flexors so aggressively. Um, if you feel one side more than the other, then that side's tighter and you need to focus on that one, particularly after your training session of stretching it out. Yeah. From there, I, I do some rec fem activation. So the rect fem is the, or the rectus femoris is the top, the topmost muscle of your quad that ties into your hip flexor so i'll lay on my back i'll put my hand in my knee i'll do leg extensions with my upper arm giving my lower leg resistance so you'll feel that activation doing a leg extension and then i'll do five leg raises per side to really activate my rec film from there i like to go into getting my glutes turned on so i'll lay on my back i'm still laying on my back and i do five glute bridge with both legs and i do five single leg glute bridge Um, On each leg to turn my glutes on to that, because that's going to help tie in that kinetic chain from the posterior side. And then Lastly, I'm going to kneel and I'm going to work my internal obliques. So I'm not trying to crank hard to make my spine adjust, but I want to be aware of torso rotation. So I'll just simply cross my arms over my chest. I'll twist on my right as hard as I can. I'll suck in, blow all my air out and crunch and flex my internal oblique on both sides five times. So when, so when do you do the 90,
0: go- when do you do the ninety ninety then?
1: So all that stuff is post cardio in the morning. Okay. That takes me roughly 20 minutes um, to do – so I'll do treadmill for 20 minutes, and then I'll do – it takes me roughly 20 minutes to do my full stretching routine for mobility. That thing I just described, the activation stuff, that takes me five minutes before each of my training sessions that involves my lower back. Gotcha. Um, So that is how I would suggest doing that. Um, It's going to feel great. You're going to get off the ground again with a mild sweat, and you'll be ready to crank. So from there, if you want to tie it all together, if I'm training back, um, I go right into some back activation stuff from specifically for my lats. And if you go to Mountain Dog One on YouTube and type in lat activation, you'll see what I'm talking about there. I'm not going to try to break that down. He does a much better job than I can describe to you on a podcast. Just watch the video. It's called Lat Activations with John Meadows. Um, All you need is a micro band a micro mini band um from elite fts that costs roughly nine dollars and you'll be able to turn your back on from there i get right into my upper back workout so all in all five minutes on activation five minute on lap activation and then i'm starting to train so that's for if you lower backs tight let me get into some shoulder stuff and the shoulder stuff i actually prefer to do at the very end of my shoulder workout so i I say I, we meaning Greg and I, since he does mountain dog programming, we train chest before shoulders. Yep. So by the time we get into shoulder training, our shoulder girls are thoroughly warmed up from all the pressing via dumbbells, barbells, Smith machine, machine press, flies. And then we do our three, typically three exercises for shoulders. So that's a, comp- a compilation of reverse pec deck, bent over dumbbell flies, um, side laterals, machine or dumbbell pressing. And that's pretty much what a shoulder workout looks like. So what can I do if I have tight or instable shoulders? Um, there are two exercises that I absolutely love with bands. Um, one is called a band over and back, and that's gonna work the range of motion of the shoulder girdle. Um, if you, again, go to the go to uh, Mountain Dog One YouTube page, and you can see both of these exercises. You take a long micro mini, the orange band from Lead FTS, that's roughly $5 and you start at it with your hand on the band at shoulder width at your waist, and you take it over your head, you tap your lower back with it, and you come back over. You do 10 of those, roughly three sets, 30-second rest periods. That will It's going to make your shoulders get an even better pump, but it's going to help stretch that shoulder girdle out. Now, the muscles inside the rotator cuff, how do we attack those? No one ever talks about that, right? A very cool exercise that Dave Tate taught John Meadows, who taught me, um, it's called a spider crawl. So you would take a short red band, you put it on your wrist like a handcuff, and you walk up and down the wall on your fingertips from as high as you can go down to about your waist. And then again, you repeat three rounds of that, three yep. sets. And that will help strengthen all the internal muscles inside your rotator cuff. And I cannot tell you how many people have rectified shoulder injuries or shoulder issues with those simple two exercises. Now, there's a bunch of stuff we can do for shoulder prehab that you would see almost like a physical therapist do. Um, That, um, if you need all of that for your shoulder, go see a physical therapist, please. Um, That's what their specialty is. Um, You don't want to listen to some dumb meathead about that. Um, even though we all know a lot of great techniques, um, if you go on Jordan Shallow's YouTube page or listen to his podcast, um, he has a lot of good stuff on, in addition to for your lower back, for your hips, your knees, I'd be almost remiss not to mention his name, um, as he is a chiropractor, but he's also a meathead who's a super strong power lifter. Um, if you like listening to Greg and I, his mindset's kind of very similar to us. Um, he doesn't want you to become a master of activation. He wants you to get fucking strong in his words. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off so, strong. Fuck off um, strong, he says. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like our stuff, you'll like his. Um, but those are just some things. Again, low back, we hear tons of people complain about. Um, don't ignore that because you don't want to have a bulging disc. You don't want to have to have a back surgery. Or your shoulder on the flip side. You know, Greg can speak to you guys about how awful that pain and recovery is. Um, you know. If he would have started doing some of this stuff in his 20s and 30s, he could have been probably maybe preventative with it. I don't sure, know. Sure, sure. Um, hindsight, hindsight's always 2020, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. Now, um, how? But when, you know that kind. Of, when go ahead, when, when you do uh, so, as as kind of a uh, programming, um, so you you do every you do cardio early, then you do mobility stuff. If you're just going in to work out and hit like a push day or a pull day or a leg day, do you do this stability and activation stuff for what, five to 10 minutes? And then you hit the meat of the workout?
1: Yep, and then I'll finish my session. I like to finish my sessions with foam rolling. Um, Yeah, I like to finish with that too. if If I feel really tight in my, say, if I feel the muscles tight when I'm training it, whether that be my quads, whether it be my hamstrings, my shoulders, my chest... I'll actually finish a workout with meaning the after all my weight training is done I'll stretch do static stretching for five minutes and then I'll foam roll for five minutes um, yeah. you know if I notice like for example I'm doing leg curls in my right hamstring or like let's say let's get really specific with it and say my right bicep femoris gets really really tight um, compared to my left I'll spend five minutes stretching simply my right hamstring um, just because I'm being intuitive with that. I may not plan that before my session starts, but I'm going to address that at the end of my session. I do not like to static stretch in the middle of a workout because it's just not safe for the muscle. Um, You don't want those fibers long and loose because this kind of will help you guys think about it. I want you to be able to own every single inch of that range of motion. So let's, let's use the adductor as a great example here. Greg, if I put you in an adductor machine with 250 pounds on the stack and let's say I adjusted your legs as far apart as you could comfortably go yeah. and with each set um, your your adductors would get warmer and warmer technically I could push those legs of yours further apart and get you wider and wider as you progressed and got warmer. Yeah. So in theory, that sounds great, right? You're getting more range of motion. The problem is you can't get there by yourself. I'm pushing you into that range of motion. And that's that means you don't own that weight. So you aren't able to control 250 pounds in that range of motion. If you could do that, your legs would go there naturally without me forcing it into it. Right. That's how injuries happen. Yep. You know, that's why so many people tear pecs on the flat bench press. Um, you know, it, that's things that people don't think about. So be intelligent with your stretching. Don't force issues that you can't own. So if you can't go hamstrings to calves on squats, don't go there. Start owning that range of motion with lighter weight before you take a work set there. Right. Um, and you know, some cool things you can do, you guys can do to address these or find if you have mobility issues or stability issues. Um, T Nation actually has a great article, it's called Tony G is Pissed, and there's an active recovery workout on there. Uh, He has videos for every single exercise, so you guys can see exactly how to do them, because they're very, very unconventional. Um, I like to have a lot of my, especially my athletes, um, but my bodybuilders who have mobility issues, um, I have them do this on their off day, um, because it's not neurally taxing. Uh, but it's going to allow you to do something. So if I have a a bodybuilder who comes to me and like, dude, I want to train seven days a week, but they're only recovering for five days. Um, I'll have them do two days of active recovery. So that just lets them get in the gym, kind of scratch that itch of working out. You'll get a good sweat going, but you'll start to address some issues. You'll start to find some issues within this workout. Let's like to give hard examples, because I don't like speaking, uh, just vague, You know, if you do the T-spine mobilization and you realize your thoracic spine is very tight or lacks mobility, that's a great tool to then go down the rabbit hole of how can I improve that? How can I work on it? You know, if you find one of your hips are tight in comparison to the other, you can start addressing that. If you find that your internal obliques are very, very weak, then we can start to look and figure out how we can get those stronger and start building that into your training program. So again, just to repeat that for you guys. Um active recovery workout is on T Nation. The name of the article is Tony G is Pissed. So you'll have to scroll down a bunch and you'll find the workout because it's like a long article he wrote and he's got a couple other workouts before it. But it's titled Active Recovery Day. If you guys want to do it, please I, I highly encourage it. You can do that at home or at a gym. It's got a ton of cool stuff on there, but Take notes uh, when you're doing it, if, if not on a piece of paper, mentally, and then jot those down when the session's over. So again, learn from that experience. Uh, it's no different than when you go to a chiropractor when you go to a massage therapist and they find areas on you that are uh, compromised. You don't want to just take that as a fleeting thought. You need to take that back and start working on those issues to improve them. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. Cool, um, man. I think kind of just... The only thing I'd like to really touch on real fast here, uh, if, if we have some time, is DC stretching, um, just to kind of educate you guys on that. Um, this is a stretching under load. So for lats, for example, uh, DC is Dante Trudell's training program, uh, also known as dog crap is what DC stands for. Um, so I can kind of talk a little bit about, like, for example, for his lats. After you finish a back workout, he likes to have you strap on about 100 to 150 or even 200 pounds of extra weight via a dip belt and just hang for as long as you can on a pull-up bar to stretch your lats out. Um, Any of his writings, uh, he'll Mm. cite a bird wing study um, where they simply just attached weights to the wings of a mockingbird, and uh, from there they watch the muscles in their wings grow by simply just dangling weights from the wing to stretch stretch those muscles out. Um, So he applies that to a lot of his training programs. So like for chest, you would finish, let's say your chest workout looks like the following. You do dumbbell press, you do incline barbell, you do a machine press, and you do dumbbell flies. The last set of dumbbell flies, you would take and hold that in the bottom position. With the dumbbell still in your hands and stretch your pecs out for as long as you can physically tolerate. Yeah. It is extremely painful, but it elicits a ton of muscle growth if you can progress with it. So he has a ton of those. If you guys want to look it up, but um, just something I thought I'd mention since we're talking about stretching and mobility, that's kind of a cool thing to add it into your workouts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Guys, if you have any questions about this, DM us in our next. Uh, question and answer uh, episode, we will address a lot of these questions for you. Because I know a lot of this stuff is a little ambiguous and you may be saying, okay, well, I've got some specific questions about this in my body or that in my body, or how should I do this? And these are my symptoms. How do I address this? Go ahead and shoot us a, a question, guys, and we'll do our best to answer those questions in the next session that we do so. And so you can do it at Physical Culture Radio. You can um, do it to either Chris's Instagram, uh, Chris Edmonds, uh, and or uh, Coach Greg Jones. And yeah, yeah, shoot us the questions. We'll answer the questions uh, to our best of our ability. And for Chris Edmonds, I'm Greg Jones. Thanks again for listening to another episode.